Welcome to the No Fluff Network Marketing Leadership Training Podcast for serious-minded, deep-thinking, career-oriented network marketing pros who are sick of the fluff and appreciate the truth. You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers? I want the truth! You can't handle the truth! Now here's your host who has produced over 200 hours of real-world training for the industry, 30-plus years network marketing pro, Dale Calvert. Hey, this is Dale Calvert. I'd like to welcome you to part two of the No Fluff Network Marketing Leadership Development Podcast. This is part two of the session we started called Network Marketing Leadership Whirlpool. Network Marketing Leadership Whirlpool. If you haven't listened to that session, I would highly recommend that you do before you get into this. So if you haven't listened to that one yet, just stop. Uh, I'm not sure which number that is. I think it's going to be something like 97, 98. It's the one before this one, whatever this one ends up. So, uh, again, I would highly recommend that you listen to that. Uh, we went back and we talked about the tribute uh, that was done uh, with Larry Thompson. Ron Henley put it together with Larry Thompson, John Fleming, and uh, Taylor Thompson just about uh, – a tribute to Rich DeVos, uh, who passed. We talked about compassionate capitalism and highly recommended that you make that book a part of your library. But the main focus when we left you uh, in the last session was we asked you to just really stop and think about how did you get where you are? What was the extra dose you had? Uh, were you, are you a Mr. Miss Lovable, a Mr. Miss Elvis? a Mr. or Miss money-focused uh, bling person, a Mr. or Miss high credibility in your community, a Mr. or Miss personal development, or a Mr. or Miss social media. And how did you get where you are? And I think to move forward, again, you've got to really wrap your brain around some of this at a, and really think about it probably at a deeper level than you ever have. And I'll say that again, for you to go from where you are right now to where you want to go, you have to wrap your brain around how you got where you are at a deeper level than you probably ever have. Because I can tell you without question, uh, there is a reason that most of the people that get to a six-figure-a-year income in network marketing never progress much further than that. And there's a lot of reasons, but the number one reason is they never have what I call the leadership development paradigm shift. They never understand that, hey, you know, you're really talented. You're really good. You've got an extra dose here. You've got talent here. But 97% of the people that you enroll in with you on your team are not going to have that. So leaving, uh, setting yourself up where the only way you can duplicate is to find somebody that has the same amount of talent in one of the six areas we've talked about. It's not a good business plan because most of those people are, are moving and shaking and making it happen in, in some other business model or within another network marketing company. And it's just not a good business plan. So I really want to get down to where the rubber hits the road in this session. Remember, it's just me and you talking to thy own self be true. And I think I'm going to be able to share some things with you that will really, really help you because I know some of you are at a crossroads in your life and your business, even if you don't recognize that you are. 
because there's no question that the profession itself is at a crossroads. And a lot of people are recognizing that and are doing the very best they can to move this, turn this ship and restore the network marketing business model to the top of the mountain where it should be in in the midst of this entrepreneurial revolution that's happening around the world. So we're going to talk about, again, I've mentioned this earlier, but it all starts with understanding why why you are you. How did you become the network marketing leader that you are? How did you achieve the rank advancements and the success and the income that you've achieved? And then really thinking about your thinking. That's really what, what I want to talk about and share with you. And I'm going to take you through a, a training that I, I've done many times. And I did this uh, this past weekend in Oklahoma City. And it's really designed for newbies and people that have never been involved in the industry, people that are first-time entrepreneurs. And uh, then towards the end, when I got to the Whirlpool, because of the people that were in the room uh, that I knew maybe possibly could really use this, I slanted it. I, I took it in a different direction, a direction that I'd never been in before. But after the event was over, again, all four of them individually said, Dale, I'm in the whirlpool. And I thought to myself all the way home yesterday, you know, how many network workers are in the whirlpool? How many leaders are in the whirlpool? and how this could maybe be valuable for, for you guys as well. So that's where we're coming from with this. And I went back since then, and, and I've, I've tweaked the original training and focused more on six-figure earners, full-time network marketers. The, the, the processes are the same. The processes, the mental processes, the mental paradigms are absolutely the same. If you've never been in this profession before or if you're a six-figure earner, uh, it's the same. The, the process to take everything to another level is the exact same process. But I'm going to speak to those of you that are involved in network marketing and are full-time, which is really the, the majority of the people that listen to this podcast and that we hear from uh, on a, through email or through some feedback mechanisms that we have in place at Network Marketing Support Services. So what I want you to think about is that everybody listening, every person in this profession has programmed perceptions about life, relationships, network marketing, the network marketing business model, and where you fit within the whole entire industry. So you have programmed, and again, this is a keyword, program perceptions about network marketing, the network marketing business model, and how to perform to your highest level within that business model. Everybody listening has program perceptions. Some may be based upon reality, many are not. Some of those program perceptions are based upon reality. Many of them are not. As individuals, we have program perceptions about who we are, what we're capable of, what's our upside potential. And as individuals, that those come from parents, from the culture, the society, the 
city in which we were raised. And then the authority figures that were in our life, whether it be parents or our school teachers or relatives or so on and so forth. So our, so for normal people, for all of us, our parents, society, and authority figures created in us as children program perceptions about who we are, what we were capable of, of what our future looked like. In network marketing, your program perceptions came from, number one, the team culture and and the team environment in which you were exposed. The team culture that you entered the profession in. What, what was the culture of your team? Or what was the culture of the people that you hung out with? Because there's a lot of cultures that have been created in generic environments as well within this profession. So the culture, what was the culture? And I think I might have mentioned in the first session, but, you know, Bill Gould was a genius and also a sociopath. Uh, some of you know, I've heard of Bill Gould. There's been a couple of books written. You can you can read. It's worth the read. Uh, I've got all of his old training VHSs uh, that I collected over the years, and the guy was a genius, but he was also crazy, but an absolute genius. And he was in NSA out in California, and he was doing some stuff that just made no sense. It just absolutely only appealed to the greed and ignorance of people, the way he was stacking volume and getting people titles. They got the title, but you don't make money through titles. You make money in network marketing through building teams. But he was really manipulating the masses of people and helping everybody get to a certain title. And, you know, stacking volume in certain people's names. And then next month, everybody would put the volume in somebody else's name. There was all kinds of conflicts going on. I don't know the big details, but he was around. Uh, when I first got involved with National Safety Associates and then it wasn't six, I hadn't been there six months and they, they, they terminated him. It kicked him out because they, uh, what I was told that he was warned and warned and warned and he continued to, for lack of a better description, just manipulate the masses. And then he ended up starting his own company called Equinox and the horror stories that have come out of that program are legendary. Again, there's been a book written about it. I don't remember the name, but I'm sure if you looked up Bill Gould, G-O-U-L-D on Amazon, you could find it. And there's a lot of the network marketing teachers, trainers, gurus, leaders in the profession today that actually came out of that culture, the Bill Gould culture. And, you know, I've met many of them over the years and it's they're real easy to pick out they came out of bill gould uh and, and i'll mention this person and and you know pray for his family and his wife and his kids but one of those was a, a, a young man that i met probably 15 years ago or so named buck reed out of michigan one of the most likable people i've ever been around 
really liked him. And uh, I was working with the company that he was with. I was consulting with one of the companies that he was with and had the opportunity to spend quite a bit of time with him. Been to his home in Michigan and done several events with him and really, really liked him as a, as a person. And I never will forget we were sitting down one time and we were talking and I said, well, what about Jim Rohn? Jim Rohn says this. And then I had mentioned Zig and I mentioned some of the wisdom of the ages, uh, success principle, mentors, uh, some of the, the most recognized people in history. And he said, Dale, he said, you know, he said, I have never listened to anybody. I've never listened to Jim Rohn. I've never read anything from Zig Ziglar. The only person I've ever learned from is Bill Gould. And it took me back for a minute. And I said, okay, that explains a lot. That explains a lot. Uh, long story short, uh, at the time of this recording, he's in prison. Gotten involved in some type of, I don't even know what it was, diamond mining scheme or something. I don't even remember. But, you know, good guy, wishing the best. Hope he comes out and reevaluates his, the culture in which he was raised because he's great. He's a great communicator. He's got a lot of talent. He can do anything and he can do it right and he can build it huge. But he was a total victim of the culture in which he was raised. I can remember years ago, I was speaking at an event in Miami and there was another guy there. I won't say his name because he's still active in the profession, in the industry. And um, heavy into internet marketing, email marketing, uh, just recruiting people and was using some very deceptive headlines extremely deceptive and you know i would written an article about it. it's probably still on mlm help somewhere i'm sure it is i don't even remember what it was called this has been a long time ago but i, I respected the the young man from every aspect but somehow he had bought the 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 idea and that you know a headline is designed for people to take action which is true but if the headline is false and they take action and they spend their money, I don't think that's a success. And most of the people that you want as part of your team and your culture would not think that's a success. Uh, so anyway, we were we were at speaking at an event together and he said, why did you rag on my headlines writing an article? He said, I didn't appreciate that. Oh, I said, look, man, I said. I, I just say what I believe. I'm not trying to hurt anybody's feelings, but, you know, there's a lot of stuff that's going on. It's just, you know, when, when I see something that I know is, has no factual basis behind it, I have to speak out. I can't help it. It's in my DNA. And I told him, I said, look, you know, because his big pitch was, you know, you know, no upline support. You know, they were teaching me how to do stuff that didn't work, a bunch of old school stuff. So now I learned how to market online and do this and do that. And, you know, the same story we've all heard five billion times. And I, but I told him, I said, look, I said, if I had enrolled you and you were on our team, 
with your work ethic in the right direction and support, you would have been a multimillionaire in this profession. And I meant every word of it. And I, I, I have felt that way so many times over the years. It, it haunts me. Uh, but this guy's a good guy and he's still, I mean, he sells high, he sells courses, uh, high dollar courses and makes a ton of money because he could sell iced Eskimos. Uh, and I could go on and on and on and talk about different people that I know have unbelievable upside potential today in the marketplace and are making big money. But the question is, how are they making their money? The question is, how are they making the mo- their money? And most of these people, are be- it's because of the culture in which they were brought up. The mentors are lack thereof. So the culture, team culture, team culture is number one. Number two is the time and place in history that people enter the, the profession. So the team culture and then the time and place in history when they enter the profession also, also plays a big part in their program perceptions. I've said it many times on this podcast. I'm, I'm, I, I'm th- so thankful that I did not join the industry in the last 20 years. I'm so thankful because the amount of foo-foo dust and the amount of misinformation that will not, it may create short-term cash, but it will not create long-term duplicating teams. The amount of, the amount of foo-foo dust that's been spread throughout this profession is just overwhelming. I can't imagine getting up every day and having some self-proclaimed guru share with you the next latest, greatest, hottest, uh, comp plan, product, service, it's going to make you a millionaire overnight. I, I just can't imagine it. And, it. and it's just fascinating to me to watch these people jump from program to program, from idea to idea, uh, just to be able to extract as much money as they can from as many people as they possibly can. It's fascinating to me. And some of these people may have started with good intentions. They may have started that way. But as I've mentioned earlier, intentions don't mean diddly. What are the results? Are you really making a positive impact? Or are you just manipulating the masses? And see, there's people that I know that started out with good intentions. They got involved in the wrong culture, uh, and they ended up waking up in the morning thinking, how in the world did I end up here? So the sooner you can start thinking about this kind of stuff, the better off you're going to be in the long run. And then the third thing that really determines the program perceptions of people are the thought leaders, mentors, and our authority figures that they give their time to being their most important asset, their time. And when they, when they give their time to the wrong thought leaders, authority figures, and mentors, when, 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 when something doesn't sound right, but they go with the flow. It's the exact same way that cults are created. Uh, you know, not too long ago, there was the, what, the 30th or 40th anniversary of Jim Jones and, uh, that tragedy where everybody drank the Kool-Aid and committed mass suicide. Some of you 
seen that, know about that. We were watching this this documentary on it, and it's like it's just it was so sad to see really good people that ended up drinking the Kool Aid. Uh, they knew better. Some got out, but most didn't. Most did not have the guts uh, to get out. And you know, we we referenced the tribute to. Um, we referenced earlier, and we probably already have in this one as well, the tribute to Rich DeVos. And one of the things Larry said, he said, guys, this is truth. This is truth. It takes guts and leadership to implement it. But it is the truth. There is truth here. And if you haven't seen it, you've got to see that. It's just mandatory. But there is truth here. And see, the right people recognize wisdom. The right people recognize truth. They also recognize those that are telling people what they want to hear, that you can just make YouTube videos and have people contacting you daily, screaming their credit card in the phone, demanding to buy you at the highest package your, your company offers. Uh, I, I mean, they people also recognize, hey, that doesn't sound right. That doesn't sound possible. And But again, it was the headline to sell what they wanted to sell it had no basis in reality. It's just selling people what they want to buy. And again, I've talked about this many, many times in this podcast in many different sessions, but I'm asking you as a full-time leader in this profession, what culture were you raised in? When did you enter this business model? Because if you've entered it in the last 20 years, it's been more about positioning yourself as an expert. It's It's been about talking the talk before you walk the walk. It's been about uh, uh, positioning yourself as a thought leader. It's, it's, there's been a lot of authority figures and mentors that, uh, have put a lot of misinformation in the marketplace. And there's no question that many of you are victims of that. Okay. But that's really not the issue either. What are you going to do about it? What are you going to do about it? Well, Dylan, and, and we hear this, well, they, they get in a cult, they get in a culture and they can't get out of it. They want to keep people in. And they continue to stroke their ego. And we're going to let you speak at the next event and so on and so forth. And it's a, it's a manipulation of the masses. And a lot of people have gone through this and they don't want to admit it or can't admit it or hope it's not true. But in their gut, they know. They absolutely know. I've talked to way too many of them, too many of you guys that absolutely know. So the first thing I would ask you to really wrap your mind around is what are the program perceptions you have about life, relationships, network marketing, the network marketing business model, and is did you join the network marketing business model to extract as much money from as many people as you possibly can, or did you do it to build people and build teams that could duplicate? Did you join to make money, or did you join to build a business that would make you money? You know, I heard someone talk about uh, a guy that I, a coaching client of ours, I think he joined us 
Uh, we started working with him maybe three years ago. And he went to some big network marketing generic event in Las Vegas. And he said, uh, he said, I got in behind the curtains. He said, I was trying to find the place where he's supposed to pick up a sandwich or something. And he said, back in there, all the speakers were sitting around in the behind stage on these couches. And he said, they were just laughing and making fun of all the morons that were in the crowd. And he said, Dale, he said, I've never been so disappointed in all my life. People talking about how these people don't know anything and that they'll have their credit cards maxed to the hill before they leave here. And and he said, it, it gave me a different awareness, he said, because I really had a lot of respect for a lot of those people until I accidentally stumbled upon that conversation and say, well, Dale, that stuff, to, oh, it does. It, it absolutely does. You have to come to this next seminar so that we can sell you everything, that, that, as much stuff as we can possibly sell you, so we can talk about how great our closing rates are from stage, and so the promoter can make his kickback on everything that we sell from the front of the room. Now, in and of itself, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that, necessarily, uh, but... There's a lot of people in network marketing that spend an enormous amount of money on programs that they didn't need. You know, I have people, most of the people that call us and want us to do one-on-one coaching, uh, after three or four questions, you know, it usually ends with, hey, you don't need a coach. You need a course, and I can give you a course that will help you right now where you are. And then we can call and talk about it after you've gone through it. But but you're in a situation right now where you need to master lead generation or whatever it might be. On the same token, I have a lot of people that call and say they should have called three years ago and say, Dale, I should have called you three years ago. And I get that as well. So it is what it is. And I would ask you just think about what's the team culture in which you were raised? When did you join this industry? At what time and place in history were you? And then what are the people, who are the people that you gave your attention to? And, and here's what I would ask you when, you when you're thinking about these people. It's not about how much money they've made. It's about how they made their money. And number two, how many people did they personally develop, personally work with, that developed full-time incomes? that have gotten to the point where you want to be? That's the real question that nobody asks because everybody's talking about, I was the number one money earner here and I was this and I was that. And, and that's not the question. Yeah, the, the, ignorant, the ignorant newbie masses, and when I say ignorant, I don't mean that they're stupid people, but I'm saying we're all ignorant about a lot of things and a lot of people that join this profession when they first join, they're just ignorant. You know, this guy made so many millions of dollars. Yeah, okay, how did he earn it? And the real question is, who are the people on his team that were able to create that type of income? If people really knew the backstories of most of the people they would would listen to, it would scare them to death. It would absolutely scare them to death. So the next thing I will hope you will consider is, and what happens is, guys, you have program perceptions. You have program perceptions and understanding how they were developed is the first step. Okay, this is who I am. This is my beliefs around this profession. 
around people in the profession about how about how to create success. And you've heard me say a thousand times if you're a regular listener to this podcast, your long term income is in direct proportion to the number of leaders that you develop on your team. So where are you at? Who's created your program perceptions in the network marketing business model? If you had to do it over again today, would you let them program your mind and provide the program perceptions that you have? Good question to think about. Also, something to remember, today is the first day of the rest of your network marketing career. Just because you've been down a certain path, once you recognize that path is not in your best interest or anybody that you work with's best interest, then it's on you at that point to make the necessary changes if that's what needs to be done. So what happens? People are in program perceptions and then they get stuck in these program perceptions. Step two is understanding your program perceptions. Step one, I mean, is understanding your program perceptions. Step two is recognizing when you're at a stuck point. Recognizing you're at the stuck point. I'm not progressing. My my people aren't moving forward. You know, I I have to constantly keep them motivated and psyched up all the time. And, I'm, you know, it's draining me, you know. And I have people out there that that I've been burping diapering for five years. And, you know, I got to keep them on auto ship every single month and keep them pumped and focused. And all this that you guys know exactly what I'm talking about some of you and what happens so your program perceptions lead you to a stuck point you get to a stuck point only when your program perceptions are not based upon wisdom of the age of success principles and understanding that you really are that the real product really is people and that your job is to build people and people will build the business. That your job is to develop well-trained distributors. That's your job. And and what, so what happens, a lot of people will take whatever that extra dose they had of talent in the six different areas we've talked about. They go in the marketplace and they're producing results and they're excited and they're fired up. And then all of a sudden, they find themselves at a stuck point. They're at a stuck point. And they don't want to admit that they're at a stuck point because now they have a title. Well, Dale, I'm a senior area uh, ruby diamond with a cherry on top of it. And, and, and it creates all kinds of psychological issues because they've got this title and they're supposed to have the knowledge that goes with the title. And they do have the admiration of people in the field and people are coming up to them, asking them, you know, how to do different parts of the business all the time. And it's like, well, they don't know because they never did it. But they were Mr. and Mrs. High Credibility in their community. And they just went out in the marketplace and people followed them because of their credibility in the community. Or they just went on social media and people liked their videos and liked the way they look and liked the way they talk. And, you know, created a following. And they really don't know. They're at a stuck point. Many of you listen to this podcast. You're at a stuck point. I know you are. I know you are. So step three is the decision to see things differently. And that's the hard part. The decision to see things differently. Again, there's an entrepreneurial revolution happening around the world. Network marketing should be at the top of that. 
But what we end up with is a lot of people with an extra dose of skill set or mindset in some area who end up with a lot of followers. And followers it will not get you where you want to go. And as a profession, we're not attracting. We're not attracting the entrepreneur minds. The real world looks at network marketing and people that know what's going on. They look at what we're doing and how we're doing it, and they see right through it. They see right through the the fluff around this profession. So entrepreneur minds over the last 15, 20 years have been looking for other avenues, other avenues, other ways to create income. And see, here's where we're at. Today, we're in a different environment than we were 10 years ago, 15 years ago, completely different environment. Because now, a 20-year-old's not nosed kid, Dale Calvert, I could, today, I could go on Amazon and, and eBay and Facebook Marketplace and Etsy, and I could flip products and services and make a really good income. Today, I could start, I could start and, and easily if we replace my IBM income with all the opportunities now available that was not available when I started in the industry. That's, a, that's something we don't talk about. When I started in the industry, there was no such thing as an infomercial. That wasn't even invented yet. And see, I've seen this, this our pool of potential prospects become more and more diluted over time because there's been so much more opportunity has been created for people because of technology. I mean, really, I've told many people, look, here's what you need to do. You, you want to build a network marketing team? Awesome. You, you're in a money crunch? Go drive for Uber and listen to my podcast while you're driving so you can learn some foundational skill sets and mindsets and when you're ready to start building you can build on rock and not sand so that's where I, you know we see it you know uh, so we're not attracting the entrepreneur minds anymore uh, because they see right through all the propaganda that's been spread throughout this industry trying to tell the masses that they need to be blogging every day are, you know, selling them uh, pipe dreams, you know, and I keep going back to this, but this just bothers me, man. It bothers me. I cannot believe that anybody would ever listen to another word out of somebody's mouth after they're publicly told people, look, I'm going to show you how to be a high-paid network marketing consultant, even if you've never enrolled your first team member or sold your first customer well-known people saying that kind of stuff. And the fact that anybody could hear that, as I've heard it and many others have heard it, and then continue to support that is the reason the profession is where the profession is. That's it. That's it. We can inspire greatness or we can cater to mediocrity. Period. End of story. That's it. That's the bottom line. You have a choice. It's much easier to appeal to mediocrity and tell people what they want to hear so we can sell them what they want to sell them. That's easy. That's the easy path. That's what's been done 
over and over and over and over. And and here's the here's the real challenge. So now we have second, third generation of people that have bought that philosophy, that have those program perceptions about this is how you this is how you become successful in network marketing. Uh, the biggest disaster of the past 15 years, without question, is all the good people, good people, solid people that listen to people because they thought they knew what they were talking about, who taught them this fake it till you make it uh, philosophy. Uh, that's by far the biggest challenge that the industry has it has gone through and is still in the middle of, quite frankly. Uh, over the last 15 years, and that has to be changed. As leaders, those of you listening to this podcast, you have to make the decision. When you're at that stuck point, you have to make the decision to see things the way they are and and go with that and, 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 and take the actions that will correct that and not rely on the skill sets that you entered the industry with that got you to this point because again what got you here will not take you there and the fact that everybody comes together two or three times a year uh all and with all the other ki- cool kids and we all come together and we all hold, hold hands and sing kumbaya and tell ourselves we've got a better way it's it's stone cold. We have a better way. We have a stone cold back and not addressing the realities of, of the profession and not coming to grips with the fact. And this, this will blow your mind. But those of you that heard, uh, uh, the, the tribute that we've been referencing throughout this couple episodes heard this, that Uber sent out more 1099s to, would-be entrepreneurs, Uber sent out more 1099s last year than all of the network marketing companies in the world combined. If that doesn't rattle your cage, I don't know what will. And again, we brought it on ourselves. And, you know, we as a profession have to individually make decisions that are in our best interest but also the interest of the entire profession so once we make this decision to see things differently that's step three so step one is understanding our program perceptions and how we got where we are number two is recognizing our stuck that we're at a stuck point number three Step three is making the decision to change. And then step four is we really have to start questioning in detail our program perceptions. Questioning in detail our program perceptions. You know, I was talking to somebody last week and said, Dale, I don't really think he's a psychopath. I just think, you know, okay, whatever. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. The bottom line is... uh you are where you are because of what's gone into your mind and the culture in which you were raised. And you have to make the decision to change. And that starts with where you are right now. 
and questioning your program perceptions. And what you have to figure out, is it more important for you to be accepted by the quote-unquote cool kids, or are you going to be one of these rebels that decides, you know what, enough's enough. I'm going to do it right if I'm going to do it. I'm, I, I want to be able to uh, sit in a nursing home and not have wistful regret. I want to be able to look at myself in the mirror and say, you know what, I did the very best I could with everybody that I came in contact with. Uh, my focus was on helping them become all they could be. It wasn't on selling them whatever I could sell them and extract as much money as I possibly could, uh, telling them how they're a loser if they don't come to my next seminar. That's it. And so once that decision is made and people start start questioning their program perceptions and understanding how they got where they are, then they want to get to the other side. They want to get to the other side. They want to get to a point where they uh, feel free from their original program perceptions and are able to implement wisdom of the ages principles from Think and Grow Rich, the magic of thinking big, psycho-cybernetics, Jim Rohn, Les Brown, Dr. Norman Vincent Peale, Dr. Wayne Dyer, Mary Kay, and the list goes on and on and on. Recognize true wisdom of the ages principles and everything that you do is based upon that. You don't go outside of those fundamental principles and then you get really, really good at teaching the 27 percenters. What do I have to do? Because I understand that they need something that I didn't need. So what do I have to do to, to put in the, the right systems for our team? That's the majority of my conversations with leaders from all over the world every week. They want to hire me to help them put together the correct systems. That's what I've really been doing for the last 15, 20 years. Um, On our MLM Success, I believe, podcast, there's a podcast session. I'll try to reference it in the notes below this. I'll try to link that up. Uh, It's uh, from former, it's it's something about former MLM loser. Uh, In this particular podcast, episode one or two, three maybe, uh, it's uh, John Milton Fogg. The John Milton Fogg interview is in this podcast. I think it's session two, maybe three. Uh, But that will be very valuable for you to listen to. Because I don't, you know, what happens so many times is when people really, this, this, these, this really drops in their mind and their heart. They say, my gosh, it's so clear now. I see it. I understand it. I get it. Uh, then they, they come to me and it's like, Dale's got the foo-foo dust. It's happened for the last 20 years. And I say, look, I don't have the foo-foo dust. And, but what happens is once they start programming, once they start questioning their program perceptions and they make the decision 
to move towards what they really want, and that's a business they're proud of, team members that are extremely well-trained and understand this business. They want to get out of the babysitting business, and they want to start developing people and really telling people the truth and not worrying if they fall off auto ship next, next month and tell people, look, don't contact me anymore until I know why you're doing it. I need your 20 reasons, top three, 50 names to practice with. You know, step one is always step one. It doesn't matter what company you're with. And it's not Dale's step one. It's Dale, I got it from Earl Nightingale. And I got it from the from listening for three years, eight hours a day of quote-unquote success stories from different people all over the world involved in multiple companies, Shackley, Amway, Mary Kay, who were no longer involved in the business. How did that happen? How did they get to that level? And, and, and learning from all that, from seeing this from a different pair of glasses. So here's what happens. People get excited. They decide they're going to hire me. It can be a company. I've worked with multiple companies. A lot of them have gone on and done extremely well. A lot of people have gone on and done extremely well. You know, we've got a lot of six-figure earners that we work with individually, or what, 20, that are a member of our Network Marketing Leadership Development Academy. I'm not going to take any more than that. But we have 20 who bought into this philosophy, who've come down this path. And here's what happens, guys. From the point of questioning to the point of freedom, to the point, I got it. This is what we're going to do. This is what we're sticking with. This is how we're going to develop it. We're going to use wisdom of the ages principles. We're not going to, we're not going to, this is what it is. We're not going to build a mediocrity. We're going to inspire greatness. We're going to tell people the truth. We're going to sequentially, sequentially develop the next wave of leadership in our company. And when I, when I have these contracts with companies, and I've had multiple, some are awesome, but here's what always happens. People come in, we, we share with them, this is the path we want to go. We get as much input from as many people as we possibly can. And we put together the, the launch process for that particular company or that particular organization. If it's an individual organization we're working with, we put together the retail to recruit uh, you know, customer acquisition systems. We put together the two-step recruiting process, uh, the retention system. We put everything in place, and everybody's, you know, excited. And as soon as you run into, as soon as they find out, well, hey, this isn't a foo-foo dust. I'm still running into people that, that won't call me back. Well, of course you are. But as soon as they run into normal resistance, normal business resistance, then they get in a, what I call the whirlpool. The whirlpool is, is like they see on the other side the way it can be. They understand how they've got to where they are now. And they're trying to get from where they are now to the other side. And, and they have this whirlpool. There's a whirlpool because it's not foo-foo dust. It's human psychology. It's wisdom of the ages, success principles that were here before any of us and will be here after we're gone. Said it a thousand times. I can't tell you what a one person will do, but I can tell you what 99 out of 100 will do. So everything that we're doing, it wants to be a very smooth flow through this process. 
And we want to please ask people to tell us, no, they're not interested in evaluating the product or opportunity so we can continue on down the list. And we understand that the timing in their life will change down the road. And as long as we were professional and ethical when we dealt with them, when the timing does change and their company's getting ready to lay off 40 more people and they're thinking, maybe I should start a side gig of some kind, of some type, they'll think of us. It's not about next month. It's about building a long-term business. If you, uh, if you approach people correctly and professionally in the beginning, they're going to watch you, and a lot of those people will join you a year, two, three, five years from now. If you do it correctly, most people don't. So everything that you're doing, it's not a, you know, next month, next six months. It's a three to five year game plan. And that doesn't matter if you're a company that's trying to make this shift, this, or if it's an individual organization, a leader. It's a three to five year game plan. So what happens is they, people understand where they are. They see where it can go. Well, they'll, how do they see? I said, go through the, go to mlmsuccess.com and listen to those stories. Guys, my gosh, how many do you have to hear before you realize, you know, this is a better way. This is the way to get this done. This is a way to really build something I'm proud of. This is really a way to really impact positively people on my, the right people, those 27 percenters. That's how you, that's how you, I mean, the track record is the track record. Lack of track record is lack of track record. The numbers are the numbers. The numbers are the numbers. But they have, what happens to get in the whirlpool and they have guilt. They have anger and they have a lot of fear. They have a lot of fear because up until this point, they have done, they have taken their extra dose of whatever they had and they've done what's comfortable and they've had a great time. And, you know, that's the reality of it. And now they're trying to grow and learn and understand themselves the process for developing their second wave of leaders on their team and how to start dealing with 27 percenters and not just a bunch of 70 percenters that you have to keep on auto ship next month and a bunch of three percenters are out there just throwing mud on the wall to see what will stick and it really creates a lot of emotional and psychological issues that most people quite frankly aren't prepared to handle once they move into this vision of where they're going and where they want to go. You know, they talked about in the uh, tribute to Jay, you know, the top companies in this profession, the Herbalife's Amways, Mary Kay, Shackley. And, you know, if you look at the billion-dollar companies, it's beyond obvious why they're, why they're the billion-dollar companies. It's beyond obvious. It's beyond obvious. Their culture, their culture was totally different than the culture that's been become best businesses, business practices in this profession over the last 20 years. Your culture attracts the people that you want and you need to have the right culture. 
And if telling people, look, this is a three to five year game plan, you're going to have to get out there and, and make it happen. You know, have fun, enjoy the trip. But it's three to five year game plan if you're expecting to create financial independence. If you want to make a few hundred extra bucks a month, that's another 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 topic. But if you want to really create the long term residual income that's available within this profession, if that's really why you're here, then your ambition, your 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 ambition, your dreams, your goals, your desires must match your work ethic, skill set, and mindset development. And to say anything other than that is just not true. So again, inspire greatness or cater to mediocrity. That is the only question in this profession. And we've become an industry that just keeps trying to dumb it down, dumb it down, dumb it down, dumb it down, and cater to as much mediocrity as we can. And then we end up with organizations of people that, you know, they aren't even close to Navy SEALs. They can't even get out of the baby pool. You know, to me, it's this is about developing the Navy SEALs of network marketing. You know, that's what the Network Marketing Leadership Development Academy that we have is all about. And again, you can't join it. I'm not even going to open it up for probably at least two years. Uh, but that's the, that's the long-term goal. You know, I'm not trying to put as many people in there as I can to extract as much money as I can from as many people as I can. That's not the game plan here. That's not what, that's not what it's about. That's not what it's about. That's the easy route. That's the easy route. This is about really changing this profession, guys, with truth. That's that's where that's where I live, and many other people too. Everybody's coming to this conclusion at at a really good time at at this point in, in the history of this profession. So we start questioning our program perceptions. We start looking at the people that we've learned from. We start asking ourselves, well, how did they really make their money? We start looking at their track record of developing or not developing teams and organizations of people. Uh, you know, when they talk about how much money they make, we always ask, well, how was the money made? We start looking behind the curtain. And then we ask ourselves, what's really going to create substantial, sustainable, keyword, sustainable growth? in this profession and it's real customers real real customers who enjoy the product or service that we provide and you know it's teaching people how to really develop customers you know not just people that join you and buy a product because they want to be part of the opportunity but real customers you know and you many of you've heard me say if you've gone through some more or more advanced training and that you know, if they buy once, they're a suspect. If they buy twice, they're a prospect. If they buy three times, they're a customer. And how do we teach our people a systematic follow-up system to really develop real customers? Real customers. How do, how do we do that? There's ways to do it. Is it easy? Heck no. Is it much more fun just go out and just, you know, sell our bottle of, of weight loss powder to whoever and then go on to the next day and sell three more and the next day sell seven more and, and never follow up with these customers? Absolutely, it's a, it's a lot easier. Will that build a long-term, sustainable business? Not in a million years. Not in a million years. They'll just go on eBay and buy a counterfeit product that has your name and your label on it. 
I mean, I could go on and on. I'm not going to. But guys, this is the world we, in which we live in. And to try to tell us everything's hunky-dory and we're all cool and we're all great. And, and you know, let's let's all go to the sock hop. All the cool kids are going to go to the sock hop and let's just have a big party. Uh, has put us where we are as a profession. So over the years, you know, I've taken on multiple corporate and individual clients. And the people that have embraced this technology, embraced this philosophy, have gone on and done awesome things. Awesome things. Most people cannot handle a three to five year game plan. Those that can uh, are at a point that they never even dreamt they would be. And where everybody that ever joins a network marketing organization hopes they will be, where they, their organization is no longer dependent upon them. The systems are in place. The mindset training is in place. Uh, the organization continues to duplicate and duplicate and duplicate, no matter even if they're out of the country in another country. And they built what we all had hoped that this profession could be for us. And that's really, really cool. Uh, they understand the whirlpool. Uh, you know, but what happens with a lot of companies again is they start getting pressure from field leaders. Uh, leaders, many of you listen to this podcast, have a major, major challenge moving out of what's comfortable and fun for you, especially when doing what's comfortable and fun. And where you have an extra dose of something has allowed you to achieve more than 90% of the people that ever join a network marketing organization. You know, most of the people that we consider leaders in the network marketing profession today are dominant child. That's their, their, you know, all of us are dominant child, parent, or adult. Not one's even better than the other, but dominant child just love to have fun. They just love to have fun. And most people in our profession, they just love to have fun. They're extroverts. They're not introverts. They're extroverts. They like to laugh and cut up and have fun. So it's easy for people to get together and laugh and cut up and have fun. And nobody really ever talking about the elephants, multiple elephants in the room. And and not have to put on their serious hat not have to put on their adult hat, not have to really look at the numbers, look at the, the you know, they, they don't want to ever ask, you know, they, everybody wants to talk about what they're making, not what they're becoming, and especially with their people. It's like they just want to keep people at the event and having fun so they'll come back to the next one. And what they don't really neglect to understand because they never experienced it they've never experienced it is when you touch people's lives and you make them think about where they are and get down to where the rubber hits the road and where do you want to be and and you talk about truth and wisdom and insights and you really connect with people that that creates a, a bond and a connection like nothing else you could ever do i don't care if you bring in earth, wind, and fire to entertain the troops at your next company conference.
Did you hear what I just said? And see, it's hard for people to wrap their minds around that. It really is. I mean, the number of organizations I've gone to their to their conventions and they got, you know, Casey and the Sunshine Band or whoever that's that's entertaining, it's like their whole the whole culture is screwed up. It's the whole culture is screwed up. Because if you build people, people will build the business. And again, I, I don't want to get too far down that track on this particular podcast, but I just hope that there's something that I've shared with you uh, that will will help you stop and get the guts to be a rebel if you need to be a rebel and to disassociate with organizations and people and groups that you that are not providing real value to team members and to you and to understand how you ended up where you are, understanding what were the the program perceptions, where did your program perceptions come from, you know, what was the team culture, when did you join this profession, at what point in history, what were the thought figures, uh, uh, thought leaders, authority figures, and mentors that influenced you to develop you into the into the quote unquote leader that you are. You know, leaders don't develop followers. Leaders develop other leaders. And everybody in the real world understands that. Network markers don't. And that's why we are where we are. So I'm just going to wrap this up, guys. Uh, this is from Eli Cohen, this quote. It's one of my favorite. Something I hope you'll think about. You know, for me, the worst thing in the world, and guys, I was on this track. I was on this track. I mean, 2000, I said, you know, I'm done. I'm not, I, this is just going in down too many rabbit trails that are going to lead good people nowhere. Too many rabbit trails that will lead pe- good people nowhere. You cannot neglect the mindsets aspect of this business. You just can't. If you want to de- be a full-time earner and develop the, the your business to the highest up, upside potential it possibly can be developed. You know, you can't. You just got to stay grounded, and you got to stay focused on inspiring greatness, not catering to mediocrity. So in 2000, when I said, you know, I'm done. You know, I never expected my phone to start ringing, and people wanted me to come and do Super Saturdays, and companies wanted me to consult and train. I never just thought I would be the corporate trainer for multiple different network marketing companies, the opportunity to speak all over the world. I never expected any of that, never wanted it. I just wanted to disassociate with the path on which I knew this profession was headed down, you know, because it's to thy own self be true. And, you know, and it's 10 times worse today than it's ever been. But for the first time in many 20 years, I, I sincerely have a different level of hope because there's a lot of very smart people that are all coming to the same conclusion at the same time. And, you know, the, the movement to, to take back the network marketing industry is something that's real, small grassroots, but it's real. And. And when when it really picks up momentum, it will absolutely overtake 
the foo-foo dust that's been propagated throughout this industry. I can see this. Uh, I can see this industry, for lack of a better term, having a major revival in 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 the future as more and more people start sharing wisdom and calling out uh, the Jim Joneses that have their following in Guyana. Say, well, Dale, you shouldn't talk about that. That's not politically correct. I apologize if it's not politically correct. It is what it is. If it bothers you, if that really bothers you, then maybe you, maybe you need to really reevaluate you know, your program perceptions. And, and again, guys, those that really know me know where I'm coming from on this. And why, Dale, what you, why are you to listen? The network marketing business model changed my life because of the personal development. And it gave me a vehicle where I can take the personal development concepts, ideas, and the leadership philosophies I was learning, and it gave me a, a place in which I could implement them. You know, when I was working at the tool and die factory, I could learn all the wisdom of the ages, philosophies, and success principles, and leadership concepts that I wanted to, but they weren't, it, I didn't have an environment at the tool and die factory where I could implement them. Make sense? See, most people don't even understand what they've got their hands on when they join this profession. And it's because they join to make money, not to build a business, a real business with a duplicating team and real customers that make them money. So I hope you're listening to this. If you're, if you've gone through these two sessions, then there's a reason that you've listened. And if I'm speaking to you, you know I am. Some of you, I just believe, are hearing this because you're at a crossroads in your business. And I hope some of what I've shared has really made sense for you. You know, the opportunity to be able to apply some of these principles personal development, mindset development to an opportunity, the network marketing business model being the opportunity that has unlimited upside income potential, you know, is not given to most people. Most people will go through their whole life and never be able to access wisdom of the age of success principles and then apply those to an opportunity that has upside income potential. And sadly, you know, most people won't even recognize when they land in that position, when they land at that place. But a precious few understand that they're at the crossroads. They look at where everybody else is going, and they've always understood that when you do the opposite of what the masses do, you're usually on the right track. And they find themselves at the right place at the right time with the right mentorship in the marketplace that can help them get through that whirlpool and get to a real place of freedom uh, and peace of mind with no regrets because they did it the right way. They did it the right way. Most of the people that end up there, especially if they've joined the profession in the last 20 years, 
the only way they have a chance of getting to that that place is by making a quality decision again to challenge their program perceptions and make the decision that they're going there that they're going to change their mindsets and their focus and they're not going to rely on the extra dose of whatever they had that got them to where they are right now. Eli Cohen, without continuous, continuous, without continuous personal development, you are now all that you will ever become. And hell starts when the person you are meets the person you could have been. Let me say that one more time. Without continuous personal development, continuous, we don't have continuous personal development because most leaders in network marketing were able to take their extra dose and create a following that got them to a certain leadership rank within their company. But without continuous personal development, you are now all that you will ever become. And hell starts when the person you are meets the person you could have been. You could have been. You could have been. I hope that you take this session in the spirit in which it was intended. Um, I know I'll get hate emails. I always do when I go down this road. But I also believe that for some of you, you'll be able to look back on this session and you'll understand when you hear the term email network marketing leadership whirlpool. And, and many of you are going to say, Dale, that's what I'm in the whirlpool. I see, I see the better way. I see the better focus. But how do I get out of the whirlpool and get to the other side? Guys, that's my mission for the rest of my life. That's my mission. Uh, we will help you, support you any way we possibly can. Uh, my, my, my picture is, you know, we have 20 people in 20 different companies that end up becoming, end up developing in the Navy SEALs within those organizations. You know, not next month, not in 90 days, not in a year. But in three to five years, as Jim Rohn said, never ask how much I'm earning. See, that's the problem. Everybody will still show me. Never, never ask how much you're earning. You always ask, what am I becoming? What am I becoming? And when you base your, your business based upon wisdom, people recognize that. They feel it internally. They know it gives them a confidence because they also know when people are spreading foo-foo dust. And if everybody's spreading foo-foo dust, then, then you don't recognize it. But I'm not going to spread foo-foo dust. Uh, I'm going to keep speaking the truth, as many others are, and will continue. And I'm going to keep calling out the foo-foo dust spreaders. And over time, the distinction, distinction will become obvious to the masses mark my words mark my words so 
if you're a leader right now in whatever company, wherever in the world, you can make the decision today, you know, I'm going to take everything to a different level. I'm going to quit listening to all this crap. And I'm really going to focus on what is it going to take for me to get out of my personal comfort zone, even though I'm already more successful than 90% of the 99% of the people that ever joined this profession. How do I get to the, to the next level? How do I maximize my upside potential? How do I become all I can be? How can I become all I can be? Because hell starts from the person you are meets the person you could have been. And if that's speaking to you guys, I will encourage you every single week through these podcasts, through our webinars, uh, the few live events that we do. Uh, we do up to two every month. Uh, I will do my best. There's a lot of other people that are going to continue to do their best. And you just need to start surrounding yourself with the right people and eliminate the wrong people. And you're going to win the game. You absolutely will win this game in the long run. Uh, but it's going to take a lot of strength and a lot of, a lot of willpower because, uh, right now, right now, the popular kids are going to be trying to get you to come and play on their swing set. Okay. And really, that's what's going on. That's what's going on. Okay, but uh, there's going to be a revolt on that playground. I promise you, it's coming. I don't, well, tell when's it coming? Is it going to come next month? No, no. It takes a long time to turn around a ship that's been going in the wrong direction for 20 years, but it will be turned around. I believe that. I know many of you believe that. Thanks for listening to this session of the No Fluff Network Marketing Leadership Development Podcast. This is Dale Calvert. I'll talk to you next week. Have an awesome week. Thank you for tuning in to the No Fluff MLM Leadership Training Podcast. To download the show notes for this episode, you can find them under the podcast section at www.mlmhelp.com. Thanks for listening. And remember, the teaching is in the words, but the learning is in the silence.